Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of The Brave Front, a new podcast with a single purpose, to talk about men's mental health. My name's Tim Bainan, and I'm not afraid to say that I've suffered from poor mental health in the past. As a journalist, I've also looked at the subject from many angles over the years and met some incredible people who have shared stories with me that have been both heartbreaking and inspiring. However, it struck me over time that the subject is still a tough one for men to come to terms with. Recognising in yourself, or even admitting to yourself, when your own mental health is suffering is something that we all find hard. Whether it be for reasons of pride or out of fear of the unknown, men are still reluctant to raise their heads above the parapet to seek the help they need, or even to talk about the things that are on their minds. Thankfully though, the profile of men's mental health is on the up. So I hope that the Brave Front can help this to continue by showcasing inspirational people and personalities from all walks of life across the country who have lived experience and real life stories to share of their mental health journeys, as well as those people who work tirelessly to professionally explore every aspect of men's mental health so that we can all benefit from a better understanding of what's going on in our heads. I'm also keen over the coming weeks and months to talk to people who have tried different ways to address their own mental health issues or who believe in methods and ideologies that can help others. And today's guest, Chris Ashworth, is a shining example of someone who has embraced a philosophy that to others might seem extreme, but which has transformed his own mental well-being, as well as that of countless others he has coached through the same practices. Chris, or Ash as he likes to be called, is a level two instructor in the Wim Hof method. Now, if you've never heard of Wim Hof, where have you been? Wim is otherwise known as the Iceman, a Dutch motivational speaker and extreme athlete he has risen to fame for his belief in the use of extreme cold exposure and breathing techniques to optimize mind and body and to combat many of the pressures and anxieties of modern day life that can lead to poor mental health. Having embraced the cold from a young age and throughout a life that has also sadly been tinged with tragedy, Wim has gone on to set world records for swimming under ice and for prolonged full body contact with ice. You also, you might remember, last year took a group of British television and sporting personalities on an icy retreat to the mountains of northern Italy, where in a BBC programme called Freeze the Fear, he exposed them to extreme cold challenges and breathing techniques with some incredible results. I watched the whole series, initially with some scepticism I'll admit, as I'm not exactly a fan of the cold myself. Indeed, I kind of hate being cold, and as someone who also suffers from Raynaud's, which is this weird thing when your fingers go completely white after they've been in the cold, I actually find that the cold can have a negative impact on my own mental well-being. Nevertheless though, what I saw on the TV show and the testimonies of those celebs who took part, it became clear to me that there might just be something in this. So I wanted to find out more about how something as simple as breathing and as terrifying as the extreme cold could help men's mental health. Not in the extremes of the Alps, but right here at home. And what better way to do so than to talk to someone who has met Wim who has become a level two instructor in his method and who talks with an enviable passion and enthusiasm for his pastime. Now, exposure to the extreme cold is not without its dangers. So if after listening to the interview with Ash, you decide to give it a go for yourself, please do make sure you read up on it first and have a chat with your doctor beforehand. Chris, Thank you for joining us. A real pleasure to have you on on the show today. It's a it's a it's great to meet you in person. I've read a lot about you, and I, I, I'm fascinated by what you do. So I'm I'm really intrigued to find out a bit more. 
before we start, before we dive into that, perhaps you could just introduce yourself to for our listeners and, and tell us just a little bit in a, in a snapshot, elevator pitch, if you like. Tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Okay. Uh, Chris Ashworth, everybody calls me Ash. Uh, I'm a Pilates instructor, massage therapist, and level two Wim Hof uh, method instructor. I started my journey really into well-being only around about seven years ago. So I'm kind of a late comer to the, the party as far as well-being goes. But uh, I think one of my biggest attributes is that I say it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late because uh, I've changed my life around the last seven years and become a more rounded, happier and calmer individual. That's that's fascinating to, to hear. Is that the reason why you got into it in the first place? Was your life in a in a place where you thought I've got to do something about it, and, and is that what how you got into it? Uh well, as far as uh, I, I was a professional footballer, that's why I have started my world. I used to wake up as a kid, you know, just scored the winning goal for United in bed. So, um, yeah. and then I, I fulfilled my dream. I was a professional footballer, and I, I injured my uh, left knee ACL reconstruction. So, kind of like put pay to my my career but uh and at that time there, there's there's nothing for professional footballers who don't make it and there's a hell of a lot of them who don't uh and for for about 25 years i would say i just did anything um i i was dug, dug up roads i run quarter of the country for a brewery i i was a club 1830 rep i i, I coach football in the states i've done so many different jobs and um it got to the point where my last job, well, the last three jobs uh, when I was working in Cheltenham, I was maybe redundant from. And uh, I, I was sick and tired. Uh, the last time it was a lot of car, job and house all in, life, and in that month. So it kind of like a friend of mine said, come and stay with us until you get yourself sorted out, uh, which was beautiful. I'm very lucky to have good friends like that. And um, it's one of those times, you know, when you, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, not, not kind of like, Hey, how do I look? It's kind of like you have that conversation with yourself. And it was like, well, you know, if I want to meet someone, I, I, I can't take them out because I've got no money. They can't come here. It's not my house. And I can't go there because I've got no car. So what, what is it do you really have? And um, as J.K. Rowling says, um, rock bottom was where I, the solid foundation on which I built my success. I feel that was kind of like my point when I was stared at myself in the mirror. I was like, you know what? I'm a nice guy. I, I like, and be good to people. I like to help, you know, it's, it's my favorite thing to do is help people. So I felt, started to feel good about myself. And then I thought, right, I'll train. So I trained in massage. Uh, and uh, while I was training that, I met my partner and then I moved down to Twickenham. So I lived down here about seven years ago. And then within sort of like nine months, I'd learned to be a massage therapist, a Pilates instructor. And then uh, during all this time, my mom has suffered from Parkinson's disease. So that was tough, especially the last sort of like seven years to see mom and dad go through. That was, it was hard to see them suffer. Um, but mom died just after lockdown, which allowed me, my headspace to not go to bed at night thinking, oh, I hope she's okay and wake up in the morning. Oh God, well, she's okay. I hope my dad's okay. Kind of put that to bed and allowed a little bit of space for me. And I, I knew I wanted a new skill and I knew it was going to be breath work because all you need is lungs and a little bit of knowledge. And I was thinking, I can give that to anybody. You know, you, you don't have to go and get loads of equipment. It's like trying to learn to play cricket or something like that when you got to buy all stacks of equipment. So I started to listen. I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan on a podcast mm -hmm. and he was talking to a guy called James Nestor. Uh, now, if you've not 
uh, read the he's wrote the book Breath. So right. James the Breath. It's brilliant. It's like a handbook on the evolution of breathing. So um, I read that, and they were talking about this guy Wim Hof. Wim Hof. You know, who, who, and I was who's this guy? And they said, well, he's like, kind of like one of the last gurus around. And I was thinking, right, okay, I want to learn off a guru. Who better to learn from? So I did. I looked him up on YouTube, and I did three rounds of the breath, and I was bouncing around this room here. I just couldn't believe how I felt because I had this tingling in my arms and sensations. All I felt so alive. It's got to be something more. So I started to research, and I thought, right, go on. Then. This is what I want to do, and I'll do a course. And about four, four or five weeks into the fundamentals course, I said, okay, now with the time for the ice bath, <laughs> and I. I, I, I'm only a slim fella, you know, I'm not yeah. built for this bath. And I was like, I'm not sure, you know, I didn't like it. Well, I, I use a phrase, um, come out of the noise and into the feeling, because I call this yeah. the noise yeah. and in how things feel. Because if you start, it's what I teach is if you use your senses, you stop the brain, you stop that subconscious ruling you. Yeah. So, and the first time getting into the ice was the first time it just was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It was going bonkers to start with. Get out, get out, get out, get out. But I stay on top of it with your breath. And all of yeah. a sudden it comes quiet and you find this serene spot where your your body is louder than your mind. And I, I was sold from then on. And that's kind of like how yeah. I got into it. Well, gosh, I mean, in just a couple of minutes there, you you, you talked through a hell of a journey. I mean, you've gone, you've gone on you've gone on that uh, from a professional football. Who did you used to play for, by the way? As I wasn't I played for York City in the 80s. Okay, okay, fantastic. And you know, breathing is something obviously that we all do. You say you read, you read, you read the book. You were inspired for someone for for people who might not have done breathing other than what we all do. Just normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every second of the day. <laughs> Tell us about the impact of that. What's that? You know, what's it like? What are we all doing wrong, or what should we be doing more of? Okay, um, well, it's quite simple, really. Uh, the reason I teach breath work is because most people have forgotten how to breathe. We we just forget. Um, when you're when you're a child, you move kind of like really freely, and you've got a really open rib cage, and everything's nice and free. But then you go to yeah. school, and then, all right, okay, you got to sit down there. You don't move, and you've got to sit down for hours. And where you had this nice horizontal breath, where you're opening and closing the ribs, that then turns into a more vertical breath. And now with our modern world where we get, we, we're constantly distracted and we're constantly being fed fear all the time, you know, don't go out there going, oh, it's, it's just a constant barrage, which forces us more and more into our head. And it also forces us more and more into our chest. So we started, that's why we've got this huge epidemic of people in anxiety and, uh, uh, oh, you know, I feel my anxiety, but if you learn breath work, you can deal with anxiety. Because anxiety is a mental thing, which manifests itself physically. Whereas if we can use our physical self to calm that down. So for me, it was uh, learning techniques that I can give to anyone at any time. Uh, yeah. That It's had a profound effect on my world. Not only do I, um, I'm uh, more energetic, which is hard to believe I'm, People call me Zebedee and Tigger and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I, I've got energy to burn. And I've also got this calmness that I know I can return to this calmness. And all I've got to do is breathe. And it gets me there. So had, was anxiety something that you suffered from before this? or So do, can you see the direct impact on your own mental health as a result of... Oh, massively. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Hands up. 
I was the typical angry northerner. <laughs> I was, I was, everything's being done to me. Why are they doing this to me now? It's, it was all that. And I used to get yeah. angry at the, the I just hit the roof. And yeah. if, I, if I talk to my dad, now I have to remain calm all the time because my dad's like a, a syllable away from volcano, you know? So right. I understand where it came from. Uh, but like seven years down the line and having put in more tools into my toolbox of how to use my breath and also getting into the cold, but also re-expanding my knowledge and understanding how the subconscious works and things like that has, has allowed me to build this kind of, um, I have a shield around me now. Yeah. If something wants to get, this is, I say, this is my house. This yeah. is where I live here. If anything wants to come in here, it's, I've got to allow it or else it won't get in. I mean, I've had COVID twice, but I don't have symptoms because I use breath work to battle that. Right. So it, there's so many different ways you can use your breath to alter your state in every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a powerful tool if you can get it into your toolbox. I mean, yeah. So, 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 sorry. so if, you, if we're breathing, if we're all breathing incorrectly. Yes. And you say that's a lot of that's so in our chest rather than in our in our. Belly. In our, in our belly. That's okay. Yeah. So, so in a nutshell, we should be breathing more from below than we are. Is that why we hyperventilate? Is that why when you get Absolutely. stressed, Absolutely. people hyperventilate? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. The, the, the best, I mean, getting into the cold is one of the best ways of teaching you to uh, breathe with your diaphragm and, and use a belly breath. Yeah. Because the diaphragm, in my opinion, is the, the, is the forgotten muscle. It's the muscle that it's one of the biggest muscles in our body. And if you don't engage it, it can be really tiring. Yeah. I mean, I get people to do a, a quick exercise where just panting through you. <laughs> and most people can only do it for about 15 seconds. And they're like, oh God, I'm tired. Because they're using their intercostal muscles. Whereas I can go <laughs> all day because I'm using my diaphragm. And, and when you're lost touching it, the lost touch with the diaphragm, and it's so many reasons it's a good thing. It's it's called the uh, the second heartbeat, the thoracic pump. So yeah. if you imagine if your heart's racing, your breath is racing, if you start to use your diaphragm and you can slow that breath down, you're going to slow your heart rate down. And that brings you into a calm space, which is yeah. what I teach. It's, um, yeah, it's so physiologically then what is happening inside your inside our bodies what's the science behind this in terms of is it increasing the amount of oxygen we're taking in and getting to our blood and therefore our muscles and our organs and things like that so what what's actually happening physiologically when okay. we do that different type of breathing okay so what you what you're doing is uh when you start to panic and you start to get that <laughs> your sympathetic nervous system is switching on it's your fight and flight system, which either means we're going to fight something or we're going to run. So all the blood rushes to the major, major muscles around your, around your um, glutes and your legs and in your chest and your arms ready. Whereas what we're looking for is we need to access our parasympathetic nervous system. Now, um, a phrase for you, you can't think yourself into calm, but you can breathe yourself into calm. Now, if to, for us to access the parasympathetic, if you think of uh, parasympathetic as a parachute, yeah, it comes down. Yeah. To access that, we can use the breath. Now, the way to access that is just, it's a simple thing. You extend your exhale. Okay. That's all you do, but there's different ways of doing it. I mean, one of the best tips I can give anybody who watches this, if you're stressed out, just hum, hum. Yeah. Because if I say to people, 
take a breath and then count any breaths at over say 20 seconds then you times that by three if you're over sort of like 14 15 breaths per minute it's telling me that your body's in a sympathetic state so the body is getting ready to fight or flight now if you start to extend your exhale it's around about seven seconds you need to get past but if you start to hum, for instance, you take one breath in and hum, you can go for about 15, 20 seconds. Okay. So if you start to hum, take a deep breath in through the nose, start to hum. It might seem weird to other people. It might look at you, but you're calming yourself down. Yeah. And if you can try and keep a nice, uh, a nice single tone, you can hum after tune if you like, but it's accessing the parasympathetic is by extending your exhale. It's what we teach when people go into the ice. Right. Because when you go into the ice, your sympathetic nervous system goes woof through the roof because it's going, oh, oh, what's going on? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And your head will be talking all this thing. But yeah. what we're saying is just breathe into your belly, extend your exhale. Breathe into yeah. your belly, extend your exhale. And that's the way to access the calm part. So the cold. I want to talk to you about the cold. So Wim, yeah. Wim Hof, now for most of us, I mean, I, I, I only came across him following the BBC program that was on the telly earlier sure. this year, or was it the end of, end of last year? I'm not, not quite sure, but it was a fascinating program. He took a load yeah. of celebrities into the cold and, uh, you know, dumped them in the ice and, and put them through various challenges and, and um, way out of their comfort zone. Uh, and uh, what we witnessed in that program was all kinds of things. They kind of, you know, a lot of them started talking a lot more about their mental health and, and some of the things that have been impacting them and, and we saw how that the 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 effect of the cold helped them to kind of deal with some of that and and to yeah. open up in ways they hadn't opened up up before and that was fascinating so tell me a little bit about wim hof tell me a little bit how you got you know how you became a level two instructor as as, as you are and yeah. and uh yeah tell us a little bit about the whole phenomenon of, of wim hof why is he special okay um wim would argue he's not Okay. We would argue he's not special and he tells that any, anybody can do this. Um, but the Wim Hof method and Wim Hof are very different things. Yeah. Wim Hof himself is, is an amazing guy. I've met him a couple of times and he's such a charismatic man. Um, but it's what he's learned and how, what he's taught is the bit that I latch onto because I know it works. So he's um, a Dutch extreme athlete. Uh, when he was born, he was, uh, well, he, he's part, he's a twin and his brother was born. And then um, they pushed his mum out into the corridor and she was like, I think there's something still left here. And he was born in the corridor and she said, you know, if if he survives, I'm going to make him a missionary. And it's kind of like sort of in a way of what he is now. But um, from there, things, notable things, he was, um, his, his neighbours found him asleep in the snow when he was seven in the evening not to take him home uh another thing he was he lived in a squat in 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 amsterdam uh with artists poets musicians etc and um he was walking down the road uh past a park that he's seen a million times mm. and um he just had this urge to go and get into the cold water it was a cold day and he wants to get into the cold water so he followed his urge he just followed his intuition and went and got into the water and that Rather than him going into the shock response, which most people go into, yeah, is that response? His yeah. body was telling him to breathe deep, calmly. That's kind of where it was born for him. Okay. And then later on, after this sort of revelation, he'd, he'd met his uh, his wife, a liar, 
and he'd been trying to gain notoriety by breaking world records. I think he holds 25, 26 world records. One of them is holding on to a piece of rope in between two air balloons that's miles up in the air. I don't know how many miles, but and my first question is, why Why would you do that? <laughs> why is that a record? That's incredible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, it's, it's about, we talk a lot about setting intention. And if you set your intention, plan out where you're going to go to and visualize it and go after it and have only one single thought, then you'll achieve it, which is why I've kind of like, well, I'll tell you about how it gets to uh, level two in a minute. <laughs> but okay. um, when uh, then there was a, a low point in his life where his, his wife, Alaya, has, she'd been struggling with depression and uh, she uh, basically just kissed the four kids goodbye and jumped out of an eight-story window and killed herself. And from that moment, obviously he was broken, but he wanted, he wants to wage war on depression and wants to wage war on, on the, cause he would call them the terrorists of the mind. The real terrorists of the mind are depression and anxiety, all these things that are around the, mm-hmm. the problems that can come with your head. Um, about, I think it's about five years ago. I think there was only about 30, 35 instructors. Uh, and now there's over a thousand. Wow, because because of people like me and meeting, uh, well, I, I we trained at fifty people up in each bunch. We trained fifty people, mm-hmm. and pretty much to a man, every one of them are either a survivor of cancer or are battling cancer, or they've been in a car accident and had mobility issues. Uh, they, there's so many big stories from people. It's not. A lot of these people aren't healthy people who've come to it and they've come to it for a reason because it works for them Mm -hmm. and it worked for me, which is why I was drawn to it. It's, it's, I I would say that there is a a credible responsibility for for you, uh, you know, there as well. And, and for, for women in terms of the method, because you're, you're, you know, people can be, will be in a very vulnerable state when they're, when they're, when they're going through those kind of incredibly emotional, personal uh, uh, reasons uh, for their depression or their anxiety or whatever it is, their poor mental health. So, so how, how do you sort of take that into account when you're working with people that you have to be careful, obviously, you know, that, you know, you have a duty of care to them uh, as well. Of course you do. So is, is it, is that something that's always taken into account? And I'm assuming it always is, but how does that, how does that work? Absolutely. Safety is first. Safety is always first, uh, and we go through quite some quite extensive training uh, to reach the level to be an instructor to start with. Never mind level two, and sure. uh, to be an instructor in the first place, you I mean, the amount of training that we went through and the amount of testing that you go through because we're put in scenarios all the time and how you would deal with that scenario. Uh, I think we we have lots of phrases. One of them is we never force. Nothing is ever forced. Mm-hmm. So if someone doesn't want to do anything, it's not, we don't stand behind them like, go on, you can do that. It's like, it's always your choice. Mm-hmm. That's the power of doing the method It's your choice. If you choose to take this on and you go through it, that's you. It's your responsibility. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, teaching people in classes, uh, it's something that uh, obviously being a massage therapist and Pilates, I've got a lot first aid and I've got a lot of experience of working with people and working with people in their bodies. But we've, we know pretty much all the country, 
contraindications that can happen. We know that the pill falls there and we'll head them off before anything happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do get, you do get extreme reactions. I mean, you saw it on the TV program where there's people crying and there's people laughing. And I mean, I, I've had people cry on me for a good 25 minutes and, and then go, no, I want to do the ice bath. And then go and get in the ice bath where they were scared to death and they were crying. And then they said, and I said, look, hey, we don't have to force it. Just come on, let's have a hug. Yeah. And she, she hugged and she was crying for a good 20 minutes. And then she went, no, I'm going to do it. And she got in my bath, smashed it, came out, and she felt great. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's about having that empathy with people uh, and allowing them to make their decisions. Yeah. yeah, it's not about you are doing this. It's look, everything here, whatever you want to do, is your choice. Whenever, so if you don't want, if you if it feels uncomfortable and you want to stop, please do. Yeah, you know what. We know how to recognize the signs when people are breathing too quickly, offloading too much carbon dioxide. We see this. Yeah. So then I will go over and give them a verbal cue, maybe a hand on the shoulder and just say, look, you need to slow down. And obviously, the more experience, I mean, the amount of workshops I've done now, I've done like 50 odd workshops. So it's, oh. it's something that is natural. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it is fascinating. T tell me what happens in the cold then. So, so yeah. I mean, the thought, the thought of diving into it, I've had an, I've had an ice bath in the past and, and hated every second of it. You know, I did it, I did it, I did it, uh, as a, as a runner, I did it as a recovery thing after a, after a run. Uh, and I, I hate, absolutely hated it. <laughs> and I did exactly what you said. I know it, that whole kind of, oh my, you know, I, this is, why, why am I doing this? This is insane. Going through my, yeah, yeah. that kind of, I've got to get out of it. Um, but so what, what is it about the cold then? And, and, and how do you, do you, how, how do you get people through that initial, panic moment where you say the flight and fight yeah flight and fight response kicks in and everyone just wants to jump out and get away from there how, how do you deal with somebody in that moment and get them to calm down and just focus and and yeah okay well it, in all honesty it doesn't start in that it's not about that moment right it's about weeks before you come to the workshop i'm contacting you saying okay how are you doing everybody okay and so I give them a little bit of introduction, but then we'll send them a challenge and say, look, get into the cold shower because that's where it all starts. I mean, I, yes, there's people who've just jumped into the ice bath without doing it because your body can deal with it. It can. We've been through an ice age. You know, the, yeah. the body well equipped to deal with it. But I know we, we normally start that process well, well before they come to the, the workshop. So they're doing getting into a shower uh, doing a 15 second shower for instance and then stepping up to 30 seconds 45 and then moving your way up to two three minutes yeah that gets you used to how it feels a little bit but not used to the actual dice itself because it's obviously a more extreme experience um and it starts as soon as people walk in because i can identify the people who, who walk into my workshop i'll know the ones who are ready and I'll know the ones who want the fight. And I know the ones who are a little bit, oh, I'm not sure I should be here. You can see it by the body language. So during the whole day, I'm I'm constantly just saying, look, it's going to be okay. It's fine. You're going to get in the ice bath and you're going to be fine. So you're constantly reassuring them all the time. What actually happens when you get in the ice bath, uh, well, before you get in it, um, I give you all the benefits. I also give you how you're going to feel in there. I also tell you um, how to deal with it because we have a protocol to go through. So starting with the showers and then when we come to it, it's about 
setting your intention, keeping mm-hmm. yourself calm, and we'll get people to dip the hands in, put the cold on themselves. So you start to program the body first. And then you can see in their eyes, a lot of people might kind of go, oh. But yeah. then it's down to my guidance about saying to people, you know, because like, the thing that will get you out of the ice is your mind. It's your subconscious that will bring you out there because it will just go, we're going to die, get out, we're going to die, guy, get out. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen. But if you've prepared correctly and we're nice and calm when we're going to the ice and we're still dying, nice long breaths, long exhale, breathe in. And as we exhale long, then we sit down and then you go all the way till the shoulders are under and you can see people ah, ah, and the panic will set in. And that's the point where you've got me in front of you going, just breathe, breathe into your belly, just breathe, breathe in. Don't listen to your mind, just breathe. And then people start to relax. And then all of a sudden around about a minute in there, a minute and a half, you get this little shot of cortisol into your system, I thought, because that's how the body reacts. And it kind of goes from, oh my God, to, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> but once people get that, you see a little smile come across people's faces. Uh, and it's, yeah, you, it's identifying the people who are going to fight because you can't fight the cold. You yeah. will lose. I suppose ultimately it's, it's, it's a lesson in self-control, isn't it? I suppose it's, if you can, if you can, do that and come through it and you can take your body and your mind from that place of run away to that place of you know accepting where you are and, and enjoying where you are even yes. then you could take that into other elements of your life presumably as well whenever it's a transferable skill yeah it's a transferable skill it's the reason i'm so cold is the reason because i used to it used to still used to scare me you know, and, and i still have the conversation because my subconscious is it's so everyone's subconscious is so powerful I still have that conversation when I'm walking towards the ice bath. Do you really want to do this? Why can we do one next week? And then my other side of my brain goes, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> we know this is good for us. Get inside there and do it. So it's, uh, I um, as far as the physiological things that happen to you, you get, uh, you get vasoconstriction in your arms and legs because the body forces the blood towards the core, which is the body knows, well, knows you can lose a hand and you'll still survive but losing any of the major organs then you're in big trouble so that happens you get norepinephrine released into your system which is a powerful vasoconstrictor um while you're in there like i said after about a minute or so minute and a half you get cortisol which is a nice little um painkiller that gets released into the body and also when you get out you get the hit of dopamine so you're getting three different drugs that your body has produced you don't have to take them you don't have to put them on a tablet you just need to get in the cold and it'll deliver for you. Presumably they come with a with a, a range of emotions as well. So I imagine in your workshops you see an incredible range of emotions from that kind of fear and 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 uh trepidation and, and anxiety, perhaps before, all the way yeah. through to what happens during, and then I'm imagining the a big buzz and a positive energy afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's triumph. It's what you see at the end, triumph, and you see everybody triumph together. And one of the, uh, another thing that we we build on uh, we call it the fourth pillar which is community or tribe and while we're there you, you you're getting people to buddy up together and maybe two or three of you together and you'll go together as a group and you'll go in one will go in and the other two will support and then you'll come back out so it's kind of uh the whole thing is about being together and yeah. as one says there's no ego we go so tell me a little bit about um, what we could do ourselves if, you know, if, if perhaps we, we, we obviously can come along to one of your workshops, it should be fantastic. But, you know, for those of us who just wanted to give it a 
give it a go ourselves and you talked about cold showers is yeah. that is that something we could do we do, okay do do you should we go straight to cold do we ease it slowly from hot to cold what, what do we do is it um ease it on or just go wham freezing well cold? okay I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what i did uh I, I started i used to have hot showers used to love hot showers used to keep me in there for like half an hour my girlfriend are you coming out of the shower yet and i'd be like no i'm loving it so i started with a hot shower and then turned it to cold and then was like oh my god oh my god for 15 seconds oh my god and then got out and then i did that and then 30 seconds and then 45 seconds but now i i haven't had a hot shower for no i've had i've had two in the last year 18 months right because i only take cold showers now it's, okay. it's like, hot showers don't feel right to me anymore so for those, yeah. of, us, but for those of us who are still addicted yeah. to our hot showers in the morning what what is start, what is, start with 15 seconds edge your way round edge okay. your way round and keep breathing extending your exhale extend your exhale until you get to cold and then try and last 15 seconds and then try and take it up to 30 seconds then 45 then go up to 60 and that's the point where you start to understand i need to be breathing before i get there because okay nice deep breath will get you through anything believe me it'll get you not just through a cold shower get you through a lot of other stuff but also the, the breath work, don't underestimate the breath work. The breath work, if you want to try that, there's on um, YouTube, there's some, Wim Hof has some um, basic breathing protocols on there. And you can okay. do three rounds on there, which is just a, a, an introduction to it. But if you want to go deep and you, you're really into that, go to, go and see one of uh, the workshops because there's sure. loads around the UK now. Absolutely loads. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely would, we'll, we'll check it out. Presumably as well. Also, the cost of living crisis. You're saving yourself a fortune on hot water as well in the, uh, in the process. True. True. <laughs> yeah. And now I've eventually my girlfriend's doing it now. Okay. Excellent. It's, it's only took three years. Double win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, tell me a bit about the breathing thing. Now, looking back on that program when I saw it, and I remember being really taken by the breathing exercises they were doing. They're all lying down on the floor, and uh, Wim seemed to take them to a, a really kind of almost like a trance-like state and they and yeah. they kind of um they came out of that in a very emotional some of them you know really really taken to a deep deep place um yeah tell us a little bit about that i mean what what's going on there how how powerful is that um i think uh the the breath work is the most powerful part um getting into the ice um you learn to deal with it and then you become adapted so it's fine but with the breath work, there's so many different techniques that we can use. Uh, and Wim uh, didn't do the, I didn't think that way, the basic breath work that he used mm -hmm. to get that sort of reaction. Although I've had that reaction. I've definitely had those reactions where people have been like, like cry. I had it over, not last weekend, the week before I was working a festival and we're doing breath work there. One of the ladies there was that we did it. I was doing very calm because in a festival setting, it's really difficult. But um, in the end, she was like, she had a good cry and it was, I, she was just thanking me just because she's allowed herself to just access that area for herself. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things about the breath is that it can go deeper and deeper and deeper because you can just keep breathing. And if you just keep breathing, you get deeper and deeper and deeper. And the trauma release is one of the things that you would have seen on that program. Yeah, uh, we do something called power break, power breathing. Uh, the people will call it holotropic breathing, and it's uh, it's an advanced technique, but it's one that does release a lot of trauma. I mean, I have I have clients who are um, builders, and builders don't talk. 
you know, builders are like, all right, mate, and yeah, yeah, and it's all that. And he yeah. wasn't willing to talk. So one of the great things about learning this breath and being able to share it with people like the builder was he could release his trauma without having to talk about it because yeah. they find it really hard to access the words to be able to talk about it with anybody and resist going to help. But if all I'm asking you to do is breathe, you don't have to talk about it. Just let it out. And yeah, I've done three or four sessions with that guy and he's, he's he just says, I, I can't believe that I can release it without talking about it. Because is that is that so is it is that repressed emotions and memories that are being released? Yeah. Is, is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um I, I you get a lot of people who are uptight, uh I you know, and uh, stiff up for lip, especially people my age around 50s, they're 50s older than me, it's very much, oh, you don't show weakness, you don't, you know, you're not allowed to talk about, oh, don't you, you're crying. You don't have that. So I work with a lot of people around my age who yeah. have this, uh, these emotions that they've not been able to release for a long time because maybe they've been, they, oh, you know, I'm the, I'm the man in a relationship, I've got to look after you and, you know, can't show your emotions and that's... Mm. It's it's such a hard thing to tackle because it's so ingrained in the conditioning of people since they've been a kid. You know, it's it's so hard to access. So being able to do that just with breath yeah. is it's a wonderful gift to give to people. So presumably, for someone listening to this who perhaps finds himself in that situation where they, you know, maybe they are feeling like they need to need to talk, but find that very hard to do. They don't want to go and talk to a therapist. They don't want to necessarily talk to friends and peers or family. Yeah. Is this a route for them to take? And if if so, what would be the first step for them in terms of finding out more and perhaps you know, looking? Yeah, I would say I would say talk to um, the first step would be to locate a level two um, instructor because you, we don't get taught that as a level one instructor because it is a lot deeper than, than that. I mean, to train for a level two, it's a whole step up. And um, I mean, going up a mountain without your top on and holding snowballs and all sorts of stuff in the actual extreme cold and then training in the extreme cold, you get to learn how to use your body. I mean, I mean, I didn't think I would be able to put my hands in a bucket of ice water for half an hour, but I did. Or I didn't think I'd be able to do it with my feet, but I did. And then I uh, getting into a, a, an ice bath and just staying in the ice bath for 20 minutes, but I did. And it's the understanding how to get there. And that allows us to go a little bit deeper with the breath work because we can understand it a little bit more. Uh, and also we understand how to, to help people through it, which is the biggest thing. Because yeah. some people need a hand to hold. Some people need an arm on the shoulder. Some people need to be not touched whatsoever. Yeah, well, That is down to the skill of the instructor. So if you want to take that step, find a level two and tell them why. Mm. Tell them why. Because... What will happen is you'll probably end up chatting to level two and telling them anyway. Yeah. And presumably, as you said at the beginning, that you know, if you only ever go as far as you want to go. I mean, looking at that program, you know, there people went to quite extreme, you know, places when they did that breath work, but presumably yeah. when they, you know, on on the workshop and they're doing it with you, you know, if you know, you only go as far as you feel comfortable going. Obviously. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think one of the big things about that program was the power of no when you saw Patrice Everest say no. Yeah, that guy was never going to say no to anything ever in his life. He was such a competitor; he would not stop. Yeah, and for him to say no, that was 
for me, that was the the high point of the whole series. I thought that was beautiful for him to go, you know what? No, I don't need to do it, which yeah. is what we we impress on people is like, you don't need to do it. Yeah. If it's not good, you don't feel right, don't do it. And I, actually, I was fascinated to to hear you talk about the the builder um, chap you were working with and, 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 you know, how he found it so beneficial could you give us some examples because obviously this this podcast and and you know we're taking a close look at, men, at men's mental health in this in this podcast and and we know that men struggle with with talking as you you've mentioned and you know they can they can keep things you know contained in themselves and, and find it really hard to reach out can you give us some examples of other people perhaps you've worked with or other from other sort of walks of life who other men who uh, have found everything beneficial Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, I think one of the biggest things that we we I deal with um, is um, so the younger guys. Um, they're kind of it's more bravado, and oh, yeah. I mean, I've done workshops and people have strolled in and gone, "Ah, oh, where's the ice bath?" You know, and it's kind of like you're coming at the wrong angle. Um, so, but I've also had people who are really apprehensive, and um, I, I I do a little club called Dip Club where we club together and buy the ice and then we all go around to someone's back garden and then we do our ice dips in there. So it allows us to do that without it costing you a fortune in ice. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys who came yesterday, he was, um, he came to my first one and he said he'd tried the breath work, but he was really skeptical and he was really scared about going into the ice bath. Mm-hmm. And since he'd been there, um, yeah, he, he was really struggling. He's a very powerful subconscious that's really conditioned to not liking the cold and, you know, all, all this is woo woo, you know, yeah. because you know, we've been conditioned to think about anything from the East and Eastern medicine is all woo woo. And <laughs> I was the same. I was exactly the same uh, until I you start to feel the power of what you can do with your body and mm-hmm. what I, I felt other people work with me. And I felt what they've how they've affected me um, because I'm open to it now rather yeah. than being so closed. Uh, and this guy was a saint, and he was um, not sure. Don't want to, not sure about the ice bath. Not sure, but oh, sure. And okay, I said, look, hey, it's up to you. And as we always say at the end, it's like, hey, breathe nice and calmly. Now you make the decision. If you want to go, do it when you're ready. And he went in a puff, and he was straight through, straight to the bottom. And he was like, <gasps> his head was going absolutely crazy. And yeah. um, well, at that point, I'm like, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, listen, listen, listen. And the thing is, when you get into the ice, most of the time your frontal cortex will co- close down for about 30, 45 seconds where yeah. you just, you can't make any any sense of anything. But it's like you hear the word breathe, 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 breathe. And I've got it written on a cap that I wear as well so they can see it and hear me say it. He did calm himself down. I mean, when he got out, he was dumbfounded. He mm-hmm. he didn't know, and then he had a cry, and I, I and he was like, "I said, are you okay?" And he was like, "I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what's going on." And me, and to me, I, that's alarm bells to me. I'm thinking, "Okay, are you okay? Is, is this something? Is an adverse effect? Uh, because some contraindications can present themselves like that." And they just went, "I'm absolutely fine. Mm. I feel fine. I'm I'm fine. I just." Can't believe that I've just done that. Yeah. And he was so dumbfounded about how he'd done it that the trauma release came there because he was like, uh, uh, and he'd gone through a barrier he never thought he'd ever get through. Mm-hmm. And we like to do that with 
in workshops. I like I make people uncomfortable on purpose because yeah. the more you get used to being uncomfortable and being and being good with it, mm. the easier it becomes. Um, we we do lots of different exercises. One of my favorite ones is is soul gazing. And you get two guys to stare in each other's eyes for two minutes without breaking eye contact. You, you can see people how they're, oh, I'm not comfortable with this, looking at what. And then mm. we, de- we do some breath work. And then we say, okay, do the soul gazing now and the light. And they're focused because you've given them a tool to help them access that area. Right. And I think uh, it's one of the most powerful things that. I have in in my arsenal is to give the right tool to the right mm. person, mm. and it's having that little chat before the ice bath most of the time to pick out that character, sure. because uh, I mean it's not not so much just just with guys with girls as well. I mean uh, the amount of girls that I've had to say, look, this isn't a fight. You need to cut the like right and ready. Let's go, and you're like, whoa, 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 we're not fighting here. You acceptance is what you're looking for, not a fight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so th- there's that. Um, what another guy that I've worked with who's um, an older guy, like late 60s. Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to allow me to help him was a massive step for allowing me to help him. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a way of getting people to let me help them. It's kind of my favorite thing. So he let me help him and... He cried afterwards, and then he went, let's go to the pub. And he took me down the pub, and he told me all about his life. And he told me all about the problems that he had in his life because we'd done that breath session together, and he cried in front of me, and he felt like that was the watershed moment. That was a threshold that he could go through. Yeah. And he said, would you come to the pub? And I said, yeah, of course, let's go and have a pint. So we went down, sat around the table, sat around the table, and he was just chatting. He told me about all his life. And the guy's been through a lot. I've been, been, in, been in wars and stuff and, you know, it served. And it's really difficult, especially for services. I mean, there's a few instructors who are extremely dangerous people <laughs> as far as that. And in the world of being in the army or a commando or at the SAS, extremely dangerous people. Yeah. But uh, they're helping other people in the services find the same spot that they have and yeah. use, the, use the method in, in a way that they found to, to help them. Because as you know, a lot of times people come back, they go, they go to war a Marine or a sailor or whatever, and they come back broken with no support. Well, it sounds like you also become like an amateur psychologist at the same time in terms of people people wanting to open up to you after going through such a life changing <laughs> event with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, but hey, I'm not I'm, I'm not a doc, not a doctor. I, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be part. Of, I'm going to write a book, but it's going to be for lame rather than I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I've got no PhDs. I've got no degrees or anything. But what I do have is a boatload of life experience and yeah. all the tools that I know that help me. I can give you. Yeah, so it's kind yeah, of- so on on the subject of tools, and you you yeah. outside of the the workshop environment, away from the ice bath, mm-hmm. have people told you and fed back to you in terms of how they've used the tools that you've given them in everyday life? Yeah, yeah, loads. Well, yeah. yeah, lots. Uh, I mean, I have. It's the people who say to me, uh, "I went for a job interview, and I used your breathing technique, and I got the job." Or I was on the plane for the first time in my life and I used the breathing technique you gave me and I was so calm. Thanks ever so much. They're the, the little wins are the ones. They're the ones 
that just like you say that's the toolbox use the toolbox and people reach out to me over instagram and and things like that and and people are really a lot of them are real damaged people but you know if someone reaches out to me i will help you i don't care who you i will help if i can help you i will do it's just the way my mum has programmed me <laughs> yeah my mum has said i've got got two phrases on my arms i've got one that says being kind is all that matters, which is what my mum has drilled into me. And the other one is breath is the bridge because it is. It's uh, it's the one that can unite your, your your mind. And when your mind is scattered, use your breath as a bridge to unite your, your mind and your body again. It's Tish Nahan is a, yeah. a guy, is a philosopher and um, monk who died last year, I think, the year before. But yeah. if you want to know about groovy stuff, Tish Nahan. Okay, okay. I'll take a read, but it's a great, it's a great motto to live by. I, I like that a lot. Ash, th thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. That has yeah. been absolutely fascinating. I am uh, going to go and take a cold shower now and uh, see how yeah. that goes. <laughs> you know you want to. Oh, uh, yeah, I will. I will. I will give it a go. Take care. Take care. All right, best to you. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Chris Ashworth for giving us all the reason, however scary it might be, to turn the shower to cold the next time we get in it. But remember, if you do want to try breathing or cold exposure to help your mental health, do have a chat with your GP first and do your research to make sure you go to someone like Chris who's properly qualified to support you. Don't forget, you can keep the conversation going by answering our episode question. And for this episode, we'd like to know, have you ever tried an ice bath? You can answer the question on the Spotify episode page, a link to which can be found in the episode notes or through the Linktree site in the show profile. You can also interact with the show by sending us a voice message. We'd love to hear what you think and the prospect of spending time in the cold, as well as your ideas for topics and things you'd like us to cover. Again, just head on over to the episode notes or the Linktree site for more details and the link to do so. And finally, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe on whatever platform you usually get your podcasts. In the meantime, though, look after yourselves and I'll see you soon. Take care.